According to a recent study, 75% of clinicians say they spend over 10 hours per week on paperwork and medical notes. Given this administrative burden and the high burnout rate amongst clinicians, it is more important than ever for our healthcare innovators to dedicate themselves to stemming these crises and building innovative, novel, and supportive technology to help our clinicians get back to the joy of practicing medicine. During this episode, Dr. Davin Lundquist, the first Chief Medical Information Officer at Common Spirit Health and the current Chief Medical Officer at Augmedics, joins us on the podcast. While together, Dr. Davin shares his remarkable journey in the healthcare industry, when and where he was first introduced to Augmedics, why he joined the company, and the profound impact the technology is having on him, a physician who still practices medicine, and his peers across the nation. Additionally, Dr. Davin discussed his organization's industry-leading remote medical documentation platform that uses remote AI-assisted live scribes to observe, listen, and capture relevant details from natural conversation for over 35 specialties. Join Dr. Davin and me for this inspiring conversation and hear why we're more excited than ever that we can help reduce the administrative burden on clinicians and truly bring back the joy of practicing medicine. Let's go. Welcome to Passionate Pioneers with Mike Baselli, where we highlight and speak with the innovators, the game changers, and the pioneers who are deeply passionate and relentless in solving the problems our world is facing today. This is your opportunity to connect with and learn from these leaders and to support them on their mission. Perhaps they will soon be hearing your story as well. This is Passionate Pioneers with Mike Baselli. I look forward to having you on this journey with us. Hi, Dr. Davin. Welcome to our podcast, and thank you for taking the time to be with us today. Good morning. Great to be here. Well, I'm looking forward to spending time with you in order to learn more about Augmetics' unique human-in-the-loop model that enables clinicians to have natural conversations with their patients while the system ambiently documents important information into the electronic health record in real time. But before we dive into this exciting conversation, a bit of housekeeping. While listening to any of our episodes, please take a moment and visit passionatepioneers.com in order to share your feedback and ideas. Simply scroll to the comments section at the bottom of each posted episode. And lastly, please take a moment to subscribe to the podcast. You will automatically receive episode updates in your podcast player. Simply search Passionate Pioneers with Mike Baselli and Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. All right, Dr. Davin, it's almost time to discuss how Augmetics is rehumanizing the clinician-patient relationship by addressing one of the largest pain points in the U.S. healthcare system, the burden of documentation. But first, I'm going to randomly select one of our ice-breaking questions so we can get to know you personally. Let's see what comes up here. Oh, we're talking food, one of my favorite subjects. What is your favorite meal and why? Well, you know, anytime I go out to eat and it's like a special occasion or something, and I almost always order this combination of food, I start with a Caesar salad. And then follow it with, you know, the main dish of some kind of steak and a potato side. I think having grown up, you know, in Midwest, Utah uh, area, just meat and potatoes, you know, was the comfort food of choice. So uh, that tends to be the go-to when it's a favorite meal. So what kind of steak? Are we looking at a T-bone? Are we looking at a filet? What kind of steak do you usually go to? You know, honestly, I haven't met a steak I don't like. So I, I usually ask the waiter, like, what are they known for at that whatever restaurant we're at? And that 
So I don't mind, you know, trying different versions and what cut might be their best. Well played, my friend. I like it. You know, go with what is best at the house that you're at, right? So well played on letting the chef and the restaurant guide you. And you do speak of these things called restaurants. I certainly hope as we start going into 2021 that we can go back out and safely dine again. What I would give to be able to do that and have that experience. It's been a while, at least for me. I don't know about you. No, I totally agree. My favorite meal doesn't really, you know, deliver well. (laughs) So Dr. Davin definitely wants to get back out there just to have that favorite meal again. I don't blame you whatsoever. So thank you for that. I'm right there with you. Meat and potatoes kind of guy. There is nothing wrong with a nice steak. Love a good glass of wine with it as well. So thank you for sharing that, Dr. Davin. We have a lot to discuss today. A lot of great things happening in your camp over at Augmetics. But the company has been around for quite some time, and you yourself, you did not start out as a technologist. Matter of fact, you are a provider. You have been in in executive roles at Healthcare Systems and now helping lead the charge at Augmetics. I would love to hear the journey that you had been on to get you to where you are today and helping leading that charge at Augmetics. Can you take us through that journey and share with our community where you have been, your training, your background, And then we'll start diving into kind of current state with all the wonderful things happening at Augmetics. Yeah, I'd love to. So I went to school here in Los Angeles area, Occidental College, where I did play football for Division III college. So we used to refer to ourselves as a true scholar athlete since we didn't have, you know, there weren't scholarships at that level. That's kind of when I realized medicine was for me. I ended up, you know, moving on to USC medical school. And while I was there, the sticker shock of that tuition caused me to join the military and look for those programs to help me through. And so was fortunate to become part of the Navy. Finishing medical school, I went to a naval hospital up in Bremerton, Washington. And I think it was during my second year there, you know, we had this problem after hours. So those as family medicine residents, we were the only residents in that hospital. It was kind of a small community type hospital for the Navy families there. And so we would oftentimes be responsible for delivering, managing, and helping to deliver all the babies that came through. And so at night, we would get these patients who might be high risk, might have something kind of unique in their history, and we wouldn't be able to find their chart, right? And figure out like what needed to be done. Do we need to transfer them down to the Army Hospital, down in Tacoma? And so I had kind of dabbled with a database software, Microsoft Access at my time at Occidental. And so I pulled that out and I created a database to track these patients, these high-risk patients. So then during our rounds on Friday mornings, the residents would sort of capture the plan for each of these patients and then we would put it into the database. And then at any time, 24-7, you know, you could click on that, figure out, you know, what the patient's plan was. And it just really helped us manage those patients. So that kind of like got me started in informatics, although, you know, finished med school residency, started a job as a Navy physician in the Ventura area, which is kind of what got me out here. And that was the first experience going from, you know, paper to an electronic health record. And, you know, became the physician champion to kind of help with that. And then, you know, in private practice, had this similar opportunity where I had joined a group and they were going from paper to electronics. So they said, hey, you have experience with this. Why don't you be the guy to kind of help the other doctors? And then with a small health system here in Ventura, 
kind of on a larger scale, we had about 100 doctors that we took from paper to the EMR and eventually landed, you know, at Dignity Health in 2012, I guess it is, and became their first CMIO here in California on the ambulatory side. And I remember when the CEO of the Medical Foundation here in California was talking to me about this job and he's like, hey, what do you think about, you know, being our CMIO? And again, in 2012, it was like, what's that, right? Like CMIOs didn't exist. I'm grateful that I, you know, I jumped at that opportunity and it's been an amazing journey since. So no formal training, no official anything, as you mentioned, but, you know, it was one of those situations where, you know, there's a problem. Things aren't working great. I knew that technology had the opportunity to make things better. So, you know, went after it. And it's just kind of been a passion and hobby of mine for many years and kind of turned into a career. And thank you for sharing that, Dr. Davin. And it's interesting to go back in time, right? So there you were, 2012. Here's Dignity Health, which is now obviously merged into what we know in the industry as Common Spirit Health. Now the largest health system, but Dignity Health at the time was one of the largest health systems as well. How did this idea of chief medical information officer even come to be? Like who made those decisions back in 2012 that we need one of these? What was happening at that time in the industry that, you know, a health system of that magnitude said, we need a chief medical information officer? How did that come to be? Yeah, that's a good question. At the time here in California, I believe we had in our medical foundation about six to 700 employed type physicians across the state of California. You know, Dignity also had obviously physicians in Nevada and Arizona, but for the California sort of cohort, they had been up on all scripts for a few years and they were growing rapidly. You know, this was kind of that time when physicians were kind of migrating the start, I think, of sort of that migration out of private practice into larger groups and and health system, you know, organizations. And so they were growing rapidly in some of the remote areas where we have hospitals across California, Central Coast, Central California, you know, Bakersfield type. And so there were a lot of new physicians, new users. And then also there's this whole change management, right? Like as you try to make the EMRs better and work to meet your needs, you know, how did you sort of come together and make decisions and balance out the needs and the many with the few? And then also that was like year zero or, or one of a meaningful use. Yep. Remember that old thing? Oh, yeah. So there were a lot of dollars at stake for health systems to be able to use their EMRs in a way where they could sort of qualify for those dollars. So I think all those things combined sort of bringing an organization together around some change management, you know, prioritizing resources and preferences around how to customize, but then also, you know, the meaningful use dollars were pretty big early on. And continuing on with the journey, obviously, Augmetics has been around now for quite some time. And you formally joined the team in 2019. How did you find out about the company? We're going to talk about it in just a moment of what Augmetics is up to, the wonderful work happening in the industry and how they're helping your company is helping move us forward. Take us back, pull us behind the curtain a bit. How did you first become aware of Augmetics? How did that relationship first start? So not long after becoming a CMI with Dignity, I became exposed to a lot of other aspects of the company. And one of the first person I met was someone who was our, is currently the chief digital officer, or not digital, but uh, chief innovation officer for Common Spirit, Rich Roth. And he had begun to kind of pull me into some different things around new technologies, new companies that might make a difference. I think he saw that I shared that passion for, you know, new things and being innovative. 
And I think it was the summer of 2013. So I, you know, barely a year or so into my tenure there. And this, you know, funny new device came out, Google Glass. <laughs> oh, yeah. I remember texting Rich and I'm like, hey, we have to figure out a way to get this, you know, something with this, right? Just to see what, you know, it sounds pretty cool, you know, hands-free, the ability to have sort of technology on your head. And as a physician, you know, where you have sterile situations, et cetera, it just seemed like it could be a good fit for healthcare. And so like maybe two, this was like summer of 2013, maybe two months later, we're just like, hey, I think I found a company. So next thing I know, we're driving to Stanford Business School. And, you know, we met with the founders of Augmetics. At that time, their office was a table at the Stanford Business School. I love it. And just kind of fell in love with the idea. I think by that point, I had seen enough, you know, startups who were going to, quote, solve healthcare, right, with their technology. And so many times, you know, technology meets healthcare and healthcare, you know, always wins and crushes these technologies that, you know, work great in a lab or work great in a sort of demo environment. But the complexity of healthcare just makes it really hard to adapt sort of, you know, the technology we, we use and see every day in the rest of our lives into healthcare. And so, you know, their idea of saying, hey, there's some cool new hardware that we think can enable some great service and, you know, hit a huge pain point, but we're not going to rely completely on technology to make it work. We're going to insert this human to ensure that the, you know, physician really does get the benefits of this new technology. So in early 2014, I became a user. So in my own practice, and at the time I was, you know, about 50-50, splitting my time between my CMIO duties and being a family practitioner. I've definitely believed and helped to this day. I still see patients because I just feel like I don't know how to be a leader of change if I'm not experiencing it myself. I know there's a lot of amazing physician leaders who can, like they've gone on and, you know, they're full on and doing what they do. And we're blessed to have them out there doing that. But for me, it's worked well for me to kind of keep my hand in the in the care. You know, I continue to have a panel of patients. So in 2014, I began using the service myself. And, it, you know, instantly, you know, transformed our practice there. We had three doctors that started in the pilot. And, you know, now we've grown, you know, we have hundreds now at uh, across Common Spirit. But it was kind of slow going, you know, in the beginning, to be honest, when you put that human in the loop, it does create an amazing seamless experience. But it also creates a little more cost than uh, if you can automate everything. We were able to prove through early pilots that there was an incredible ROI there that made sense. Doctors were saving two to three hours a day, including myself. Oftentimes, you know, I would finish a day of clinic and go, you know, straight to the airport and kind of jump on a plane and go to meetings, you know, for the next couple of days. And I would often be, you know, catching up on my notes, you know, between those meetings and on the plane. And so having a, all my notes done in real time, you know, by the Augmetics, you know, team was just amazing because now I knew that they'd be done. I knew that I wasn't going to forget, you know, key important pieces of those interactions. And honestly, it, it allowed me to see a few more patients during the time that I was in the clinic, which was critical for me. And I think for every provider who is a busy doctor in the clinic. And what did that do for you personally as well, Dr. Davin, in regards to, you know, you mentioned being able to save some time, but did it also, you know, 
we keep hearing this notion over and over again, and it's so true, and we got to focus, continue to focus on it, but physician burnout, was it also helping you personally and other areas of your life? What was it doing for you on a personal level as well? Absolutely. I really love and cherish that patient interaction. In fact, one of the reasons I picked family medicine was, you know, a mentor of mine early on in my med school career, I visited, you know, he was working in a smaller town out in Utah. And what struck me was, it felt like he was the doctor for like all his friends, because everyone that came to the office, it seemed like, you know, they would have this, you know, conversation about what they've been up to and how's the family and how are the kids and where do they go on a trip? And oh, by the way, let me take care of you, you know, as your doctor. And so before Augmetics, you know, I was starting to lose that sort of excitement for clinic because it was becoming such a burden, right? Like I knew, okay, I've got a busy day. That means hours of notes, you know, tonight or tomorrow, you know, at the hotel or wherever I was. And it was starting to sort of take away from this wonderful experience and the reason that, you know, most of us go into medicine and, you know, getting Augmetics, it was like, you know, the light, you know, coming through the clouds again and, and just like, wow, I can be excited about clinic again. I can look forward to just sitting there and having that connection with my patients, like getting to know them, understanding, you know, what's bothering them, having the focus in the present moment enough to notice those little nuances that bring the art alongside the science of medicine. That is so cool. I love hearing that. Well, Dr. Davin, it's now time to tee up to really bring in the elevator pitch, right? This is something that our startups have to do whenever really succinctly and quickly sharing what they are building to really show the opportunity at hand of what the company is capable of. So with that, Dr. Davin, we're going to tee up. Give us that elevator pitch. What is Augmetics up to? And then we're going to share more about where our community can find more information online about the organization and where you and the team see things are heading for the future of the industry and what we should be contemplating. But for now, let's hear that elevator pitch. Great. Thank you for this opportunity. So if you recall, the thing I really loved about Augmetics was the fact that they weren't relying on too much technology in the beginning by inserting that human in the loop. It's allowed us to do is gradually increase the amount of technology and automation without compromising the physician or clinician experience. And so what's exciting right now is that all of that is sort of coming together. Our real-time service is getting you know, better and better with you know, more capabilities and additional services that we can add on to that, including you know, tracking gaps in care, teeing up orders, you know, inbox assist, you know, lots of things that now because our technology is getting better and better and more automated on our scribe side, those humans are able to do more and be more efficient at what they do. And that will just continue to trend you know, into the future. It's also allowed us to unlock a non-real-time version of our service, which means that you know, doctors can have the exact same scribe-like experience, but at a lower cost if they're willing to just wait one day to have their notes completed. This allows you know, people to sort of choose the amount of service that they want they sacrifice a little bit in not having that, that scribe sort of interacting with them throughout the day, but obviously they'll benefit from that in the cost, which will be significantly less than our live service. Of course, our live is still the most popular and people just love that experience. 
of connecting with their scribe, and that will continue to get better. We're building through artificial intelligence and automation, you know, a better and better tools to make that, again, as I've said, you know, the technology is growing fast. We've seen leaps and bounds in this area. And we expect that to also have a big impact in our ability to deliver to more and more providers uh, across the country. And then in addition, we think there's going to be opportunities to layer in some additional services and and maybe even think of our platform as a more like a platform that people could sort of pick and choose different things that they want within that. And, you know, more to come on that later in 2021. But we're really excited about where we're headed, our ability to deliver a standard, scalable, you know, we think we've kind of figured out how to get scribes trained effectively, consistently, great quality to where, you know, we can meet the demands of big organizations. So we're, we're very excited about where we're positioned right now. Well, the proof's always in the pudding. I love the end user and their feedback from a technology just like what Augmetics is providing. And Dr. Jane Lindbergh from Dignity Health Ventura, part of the Common Spirit Health System, she said, quote, Augmetics has really taken a load off me so I can spend more time with my patients. My documentation specialist is very efficient and fast in capturing details from the appointment. So with that, Dr. Davin, paint the picture of the patient and the physician engagement in the actual room at the time of that engagement, right? So what have we been seeing historically? We've been seeing Dr. Davin typing away on a keyboard while patient Mike's in there and patient Mike doesn't feel like he's being listened to, or it's just a cold type of environment that we've been so accustomed to now with, you know, our physicians and our clinicians turning into data entry professionals and Augmetics is really helping get us away from that. And what I believe and what I'm most excited about is bringing back that very intimate and trusted relationship between clinician and patient. In regards to what Dr. Lindbergh said and your experience, paint that picture in the room. What does it look like when you are sitting down with a patient and having Augmetics at your side? Well, you know, across our world, you know, smartphones and, and other gadgets that people have have created, you know, we talk about distracted drivers and you need to focus on the road. And I think a lot of the technology that we've put, you know, around our doctors creates distracted doctors. And so by putting Augmetics in the room with them, they're no longer distracted, right? They can focus on that patient. I personally love being able to just sit and, you know, look my patient in the eye. I don't need to worry about, you know, capturing anything because my scribe is listening and watching and capturing that for me, summarizing the clinically relevant pieces of that conversation so I can speak much more naturally and normally with my patients. I've even had patients who have, you know, shared with me. They're like, it's so nice, Dr. Lundquist, to see you. I go to, you know, my other doctors, specialists, et cetera, and it feels like half the time they have their back to me, just like you said. And so I think patients have really embraced this they don't even ask anymore what's on my head or you know what that phone is. I think they're just excited that you know I'm focused on them and completely present. So cool. And thank you for sharing that because it is important. We have to continue to think about getting back to that moment with that relationship and that engagement with the patient. And I'm so happy to hear that your patients are already seeing that investment in them and with technology to get back to that very precious and intimate relationship and engagement. So thank you for sharing that, Dr. Davin, and bringing us into the room. 
And just a moment ago, you mentioned some things on the horizon for Augmetics in regards to 2021 and beyond. Let's talk a little bit of future state, right? The industry is moving rapidly. Obviously, a lot of things have changed in what is 2020 with the pandemic. I believe we've seen some phoenixes already rising out of the ashes with this pandemic. We've seen telehealth really flourish. We've seen a rapid approval of a vaccine using mRNA technology. A lot of things have changed, and I think for the good. And I hope that technology and innovation will continue to push the envelope of reducing care and increasing outcomes for our patients. Where do you see things heading for the industry with a company like an Augmetics? What you're leading, what you're seeing, what should we be contemplating over the next kind of 12 to 24 months? What's going to be happening and where should we be focused? You know, I couldn't agree more. There's been so much amazing change as a CMIO and innovator in healthcare. You know, a lot of the things that we were pushing for, begging for, you know, for many years, you know, all happened this year. It was like all the roadblocks were removed. It's really been amazing. And one of the great silver linings, right, of this pandemic, I think, you know, this push to digital, virtual, remote, I think that's kind of where the future is. I think there's so many opportunities to kind of build off of that. What's interesting to me is that, you know, video visits were touted as, you know, this great thing, and yet no one was using them right before. And once the regulators and the insurers and the payers got behind it, you know, it just took off. And I think what it did is it proved to everybody that, hey, this is possible. It is operationally possible to deliver this care. We're, you know, financially is sort of working out. Obviously, a lot to sort of be learned yet there. But I think from a quality and outcome standpoint and a patient satisfaction standpoint, as well as clinician satisfaction, you know, all those boxes have been checked. There were a lot of unknowns. No one was really willing to take the risk of sort of going all in and it's paid off. So I think those trends continue. I think things like asynchronous care, which has yet to get sort of the backing of reimbursement will be next. I think there's huge opportunity in allowing physicians and patients to interact in ways that we interact in all other aspects of our life, right? We shoot something off, we have time to think about it. If a patient were to, you know, have a medical problem, I think having that time to sort of do some research, think about it, come up with a plan and not be under the crunch of like a 10 or 15 minute appointment makes asynchronous care a big place in in the future. And I think all this movement that we've seen this year, changes in reimbursements, backing you know, of the big payers and CMS is going to build a foundation for those types of things in the future. And then of course, AI, right? AI is going to continue to have more and more of a role. I think mostly it will take over in places where you know, crunching big data for some output will be the start. And then I think automation is going to require humans in the loop for a few more years. This idea of like a computer listening to three or four people talking, it's not quite there yet, right? It's getting there. But the ability to sort of understand who's speaking, the context, and then sort of extracting that into a clinical summary, I think is where what makes Ocmedic so exciting as we sort of partner with all this innovation and progress is that we will continue to be able to sort of clean it up around the edges, right? And make that beautiful, seamless experience. And I think you're going to see more of that. I think even more of our competitors are starting to do that as well with in terms of you know putting more humans in the loop to kind of make that experience uh, seamless and i 
think that will be a model that will probably transfer into other aspects of care, you know, online scheduling, you know, digital communication with our staff or other self-service activities. I think this model of sort of automate as much as you can and then have humans sort of clean it up is going to be needed in healthcare because of the sensitivity, the regulations, et cetera. I think we'll see this model kind of expand into other areas. Well, thank you for sharing that, Dr. Davin. And I believe as well, it is, there's a bright future ahead. As one of my dear mentors always says with me, amidst great chaos presents great opportunity. Yes, it's a very chaotic, very stressful and uneasy time right now with the pandemic. But I'm in your camp, Dr. Davin. I believe that there is great possibility and opportunity ahead of all of us as we continue to march forward to move this industry into a new generation of opportunity to really do exactly what you just described. And I can tell you, our team over here at Olive, I'm not a full-time podcaster. I am working on emerging technology for our team at Olive. And one of the key things that we're focused on is giving healthcare workers superhuman powers with artificial intelligence. And because of that work, I've been able to spend some quality time with you and the rest of your team at Augmetics. And I can tell you, you guys are set and poised to do wonderful work for years ahead. And I cannot wait to continue to see how you and the team continue to move our industry forward. So thank you for sharing a little bit of that future state and where things are heading. And let's flip the script a little bit on you, Dr. Davin. We also want to be of help to you. How can our community be helping you in Augmetics? So with that, what is one problem, need, or question that you or the team has that we can be contemplating or helping you with? So one of the things that we think is sort of compelling about putting a platform like ours in the hands of our clinicians is the ability to communicate timely reminders or, you know, new changes. As we know this year, you know, how often did, was there a new update, right, about COVID and how should we be testing this person or that person or what's the protocol for this? And I believe and I would love for a large medical group or a small health system that would be willing to kind of partner and innovate with us in getting everybody in their organization on this platform and then sort of testing out our ability to gently nudge providers in the direction that the organization wants them to go or needs them to go or in response to something like COVID, right? Where you need to get information disseminated out in rapid fashion And by having our workforce, which we can standardize the way that they interact with clinicians using our technology and our automation and building in that communication stream, you know, we haven't quite hit like an entire health system or entire medical group on the platform. And I think it would be really compelling to see how that could work if everybody was sort of participating in something like that. So I'll throw that out there wonderful opportunity for our community to connect with the Augmetics team and have the ability to connect with Dr. Davin and the rest of his colleagues to explore exactly that. But we need to be able to find you online or be able to connect with you, Dr. Davin, to do exactly that. So where can we find you, whether it be social media handles, websites, or otherwise, where can we find you and the team online? So the best place is Augmetics.com. That's our company website. There's tons of information and great links there to everything, you know, Augmentics related and, and all of our kind of supporters and thought leaders. People are also welcome to, you know, find me on Twitter or LinkedIn. It's just my name there. So in either of those locations. Excellent. We'll leave all those contact points in our episode notes for everybody listening in. Simply scroll down in your favorite podcast player, look through the episode notes at the bottom. There will be those contact points where you can click on through. Additionally, 
you can head over to passionatepioneers.com. There will be a post for this episode where you can also engage with Dr. Davin and the Augmentics team by leaving comments, questions, ideas, or thoughts in the comments section at the bottom of his posted episode. Again, passionatepioneers.com. Well, Dr. Davin, we have one more segment to complete here during our time together. One of my favorite parts of the episode, and it's a fill in the blank. I'm a passionate pioneer because... I'm an avid runner and I love to exercise and I get that endorphin high. I realized that that feeling that you have with the endorphins running and that feeling of wellness creates a lot of positive energy for me and makes me want to like accomplish great things. And I think if we can create more moments of wellness in humanity across the globe, then that just means that many more people having a moment where they want to do great things and accomplish, you know, good in the world. I love it. Well, thank you for sharing that, Dr. Davin, and wrapping us up here this morning on the podcast. So thank you for taking so much time this morning to spend with us, to share your journey, to share what's happening in the Augmetics camp and where things are heading for you and the team and what we should be thinking about in the future as we continue to move of the healthcare industry forward. But for now, Dr. Davin, again, thank you so much for being with us today. We look forward to continuing to follow your journey and all the wonderful work happening in the Augmetics camp. Thank you. Thank you, Mike. Thank you for joining us today on Passionate Pioneers with Mike Baselli. We'd love to hear your feedback about the podcast so we can continue to improve this community and to further support the pioneers being featured. Lastly, please take a moment to subscribe to the podcast and invite your friends and colleagues to join us. This is Passionate Pioneers with Mike Baselli. I look forward to having you back with us during our next episode.